Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And this is episode 90. And which I, I think I say that every time. I'm like, this is a, it's so surprised every time. Um, and today we are celebrating Kate's four year sober anniversary. Whoop, 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 whoop. Um, yeah, so we thought we haven't done this in the past, but we thought, why not? And it'd be nice to just, when it is around our kind of sober anniversaries, have a little chat about our sober story and how it's progressed over the years and um yeah so I'm going to interview Kate today uh, and then she's going to interview me in a couple of weeks um I'm always going to be chasing her tail <laughs> but that's fine I will happily chase her tail in sobriety until we're old and grey um I can't wait till we'll be like I'm 25 years sober I'd love to say that um how awesome I, I love I I do love the um the soberversaries give me a little kick yeah. um so yeah so normally we just check in and say hi before we start so hi Kate how are you doing hi, love. yeah it's the period of school closure I've mm. had a sleepover last night my son had a friend over and so they went to bed at five um oh. <laughs> why would you do that um and i've got three girls in the garden chatting and making oobleck which is like slime but you do it with cornstarch except it's cornflour in the uk and water and food coloring i think it makes this disgusting like crusty paste sounds rank rank. yeah it's just rank but apparently it's got kind of got an oobleck name so they like it so anyway but that's fine but it's sunny and I'm I'm all right. I'm a slightly shallow breathing, um, a little bit, <laughs> a bit flying by the seat of my pants, but I'm all right, you know, embracing the energy of the summer and mm. trying not to burn out like in the third day of the summer holiday. <laughs> How, yeah. are How are you, dude? Um yeah, I'm all right. I am all right. A little bit hormonal, been a bit angry. We've been having a lot of, I've been not, angry is not the right word, I think. Um, and actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with anger. So I'm going to claim it because all, there are there are no bad emotions. They are just emotions. So yeah, I've got quite a lot of anger at the moment, which can create activism and change so there's nothing wrong with that but yeah just a bit like feeling a bit frustrated at certain situations but um I'm all right Mm. yeah and I am yeah obviously I don't know I mean it's been three weeks of well I mean there were schools were never open were they this year anyway I mean come on it's called a spade spade they were never bloody open this year. Yeah. That's all so. you need to say. But I think then there's that is somewhere, you know, in our collective consciousness, parental consciousness is like, right, now we're switching gears into the summer holidays, but without having had that break of when they're at school 
And then mm. in the UK, I think things are starting to open up so people are ex being expected to go back to work. And it's all just, you know, I think everyone's still struggling, you know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one um, here because obviously we've been opened up for quite a while now, but um, now, like they've brought in the, you you have to wear a mask in um, a closed space, otherwise you get like a 180 euro fine. Um, and so for the first time when I went to the supermarket yesterday, I think it came in on Monday, yesterday, um, every obviously everyone was wearing a mask and there was a guy like on at the you know when you went into the supermarket checking um and it was it did kind of change things a little bit it was like to to not see one person not it was like yeah. whoa yeah. it felt quite like oh this is quite quite um that it's a real thing it, like in it i mean it's a good thing because it's making people be more conscientious and conscious of what's going on um, but it was I, I did feel like because there was lots of little kids and stuff and I was like god this is such a kind of weird memory they're gonna have growing up like do you remember when everyone everywhere wore masks so everyone was talking with masks you know everyone it's just it was weird yeah. it was like oh gosh I mean, it sort of reminds me of the handmaid's tale a bit literally mm, yeah because it's the first time clothing has been enforced yeah. And so in my my memory recently, that's what I've seen it on is that TV show, mm. um, and it and it feels quite fright. It kind of feels quite frightening to me. Yeah, it was. Say. It was a little bit. It felt a little bit um, dystopian. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word, isn't yeah. it? Is that feeling of dystopian? Um, even though I completely like support the whole market. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we've got that yeah. coming in this week. I think. I think they gave right. us a a week or so to get used to it mm. yeah so mm. I mean it I mean, it's it's good like I mean obviously the beach is really busy and all that sort of stuff outside spaces but internal spaces it's um yeah it feels like the right thing to do but it is quite a shock mm. like when you're like oh my god eh, like everyone mm. it's like this weird new normal yeah and I've been wearing a mask all the way through in mm. those spaces well a face covering yeah. um but other people haven't and I remember I was I did it I went to the school and I had one on and I got some weird looks and and I was like I'm not it's that whole thing about it's not gonna protect me that much but it's gonna if I've got it I'm protecting you so yeah. it was this kind of weird backwards backwards way around that I think people have got to catch up with that by wearing a face covering is an, an act of altruism yeah. Because actually yeah. you, you're that's the main thing that you're helping to Yeah. To do. 100%. So, you know, there was a bit of all that weirdness having to kind of process like I'm not being a drama mm. queen. This isn't I'm doing yeah. this, I'm trying to be responsible. Um mm. yeah. Yeah, it's social responsibility, isn't it, yeah. for others. Yeah, exactly. Right. So happy four years. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, yeah, amazing amazing it is amazing um yeah so we're just gonna go through the questions we normally ask to guests really um so we always start with the question of can you tell us about what brought you to the decision to go alcohol free wowza yeah I mean I have spoken about this on I think it was like episode three or something so I won't yeah. tell the whole story but um 
And it's funny how I look back on it now because of the learning that we've done and the training. I, I see it differently. I've got links to sort of, you know, adverse childhood experiences. Um, I have a mental health story that I wasn't really owning. Um, yeah, and I, and I and anxiety plays a really a really big part in I think me developing um, an unhelpful, problematic relationship with alcohol or AUD, you know, mm. an alcohol use disorder. Um, I'm no longer really caught up with all the labels about, but I'm not an alcoholic, or I am an alcoholic, or what does this mean? Which is amazing because through talking to you so much and it just feels like the conversation has has shifted again in the last four years to be able to talk about AUD with with greater confidence and understand it a bit more in terms of a spectrum. Um, But but briefly, yeah, I mean, I I was that sort of typical, I'd say, grey area drinker in that everything looked all right on the surface, like there were no warning bells going off, but internally I was really struggling all the way through my adult life really internally um, with a lot of um, self-aversion and shame and anxiety that had come from sort of childhood experiences really Um, and you know my my dad was an alcoholic in in the way that you would understand that I classically understood, like completely um, not. You know, um, I remember. I will I will talk about it actually because um, I don't think I talked about it at the time. But I have a distinct memory of my mum kicking him out at some point because he'd been very drunk and he'd pissed in my cupboard all over my clothes, and I don't think. I don't think I've talked about that. Mm. I don't even know why I'm laughing about that. But there's those that I now understand. And I was like, well, it wasn't that bad. You know, he was away at sea a lot. I don't really remember much about it. But of course, that's awful. Of course, that impacted me. Of course, that set a blueprint. Of course, that informed a story. Of course, that caused me shame. Of course, I was confused. Of course, I wondered why my family wasn't like everyone else's, that I thought was like everyone else's. And then we fast forward to the teenage years, you know, and I've talked about before about having a stepfather who just, I, I never knew, like I, I never, never knew a father's love. And that really circled around again this um, this year for Father's Day when I started seeing a lot of posts on Instagram and I realised I just had sadness. Well, I realised I had no roadmap or blueprint to, I have a gap, I have a really big gap, a space where a nurturing father uh, influence mm. should be. I, I simply have a space. And so that is, that's like, that's stuff I'm still kind of working through, I suppose. But I feel like, oh, I don't know. Thank God. <laughs> thank God I'm sober, you know, and thank God I'm getting the tools on board, you know. And then the next piece, I guess, of, of that was the, the motherhood piece of, you know, the the kind of impact of becoming a mom, moving to a new town, um, stopping my job as a journalist, identity crisis, stuck at home with the kids and, you know, and not really knowing anyone and not having adequate support. Again, you know, 
just like fast forward to the party of one on the patio with a fag and a bottle of wine trying to cope you know and realizing that this habitual this socio-normative playground was not gonna cut it at all anymore um and that also now I look back and I'm like oh okay and every time I went to the doctor when I did go to the doctor when I plucked up enough courage and got given a wheel and told to moderate I didn't have the confidence or the vocabulary to say but I've been counting my units forever Mm. and that is the problem that's the problem I'm holding on to this so yeah so it's been it's been a gradual unpicking of all of that actually over the last seven years since I first joined Soberistas Mm. 13 months alcohol free was like right this is the support um and that gave me the support to to stop that sort of community and reading Quitlet and really doing some some muscle work that that first year, um, and then and you know we've spoken before about you know then testing it again in that typical sort of grey area drinking. Well, I'm sure I'll be fine now. I've done mm. I've done lots of work and I've read about self compassion, so I think I'm all right now. And um, and realizing that 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 actually. The relationship doesn't change and that's really gutting and but it's what like when you know that that's kind of the beginning of freedom I think it's like the beginning of going right okay that's that's just that's it that's like the horse has bolted I will never be a carefree unproblematic drinker no matter mm. how much I hawk on myself or control it that's the best it'll ever be is this kind of controlled stuff and the worst it's going to be is just a horrible life-changing binge or something will happen and I'll end up further down on that spectrum and it won't ever change so yeah that that was the beginning of the yeah yeah I I like that kind of that realize that this is the best it's ever going to be I I think that's a really kind of great way in for people because it is, it's like, you know, when you're like managing, moderating, you know, it's like you're not at that rock bottom. And so it's a very different, there's not that immediacy of like, oh my God, you know, I can't, this is it. I need to change. Like my whole life is falling apart. Mm. So it's like, how do you make that decision when you're in that kind of gray space? And it is, it's like that understanding is like, I could carry on, but this is the best it's ever going to be. Yeah. And is that and, good enough? No. And is that good enough? No. And I've tasted the other side where I was sober and I was actually happier. Mm. And also like that, like I wrote this the other day, it's like, if it becomes where your life feels like a little bit of game of chance. It's like, oh, I got away with that one. Yeah. Because there are always that that one binge where you're like, It could be Ooh. life-changing. Yeah. And I think that's really kind of there, – there's some sort of centering on on life being important, I think. And it's like, oh, fucking hell, mm. you know? Well, interestingly, you know, I, I – didn't talk very much about the time after my 13 months of sobriety to when my last, the last drink was, which was four, four years ago. 
because there was still that kind of story at the time and received thinking, accepted thinking that basically that was called a relapse. There was failure around that. There was it when there was, you know, the sort of learning part of it, I don't think was very, um, um, what's the word accepted at Mm. that point that that might actually be part of the process and I know that that realization like you say when you when you first start well the reason that 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 period is very very difficult if you go back to it is that like you say you've lost that very powerful push Mm. element that 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 move away from goal that crisis, the, the the collision of misery and opportunity that creates such motivation. So you haven't got that. And that is really, and the thing is, it's awful to think that you've got to get back to that place to in order to create that change again. So it makes it really, really difficult, I think, that, that period if you go back. So if anyone's thinking, okay, I've done a year, but I think I might do a little bit of learning, I would say don't. Do you learn without drinking again? Because it's yeah. really, it, it's so hard that to get get back to that place and that it's really hard. It's like once that f- switch is flicked and you've drunk, because that will open up those neural pathways. It's really, really, really hard. And I and I hear it so many times. I've been there myself and so before. I'm going, but I was like you said. I was so happy. I felt free. I felt very clear. But what's happened? And now I can't get back there. And I was back and forth drinking once or twice a month. I'd say for a couple of years, um, and then doing a five month stint. And then again, I not got knocked off. And then the last time, I kind of fast forward. And and through that, it was like you said. I had accidents. I kept a really close eye on it. I, you know, I fell over on like my anniversary in Brighton and, and hurt my ankle and ruined the whole summer. I was, I couldn't walk for six weeks. And mm. on paper, you'd be like, wow, she's only drinking a couple of times a month. That's amazing. And well, you know, you just went out and had a few too many drinks on your anniversary. That's really normal. And it's like, that's bullshit. It's like yeah. all of that. And the whole time was miserable the moderating after I'd had a sustained period of sobriety was fucking miserable, I have to say. That was the hardest bit so far. So I'll fast forward. Um, I'll probably talk about the therapist who told me to say I love you to a bottle of beer to change my relationship with alcohol. I have talked about that before, but that did derail me. So make sure if you go and see some therapists, if you've got any choice at all over it, find out that they are alcohol informed because if they drink themselves, they can give you spectacularly bad advice. Yeah. Um, and you know, really, they can. Um, and this is something we're working with now, aren't we? We mm. talked about that at ICAD recently, which feels amazing to have that that platform and the vocabulary now. Um, so there's that. So, so two, four years ago, um, back to my sister-in-law's 40th birthday, um, wasn't going to drink, then decided to drink, then went completely over the top. Uh, nothing bad happened, got got drawn into a bit of family drama, uh, woke up having not been able to sleep, um, having smoked, like I nicked fags off people. And then when, when we finished, we were doing Dirty Dancing at Secret Cinema. Uh, 
wandered around to a local shop and bought fags that I didn't realise they were like about 11 quid. I was like, what? And the man in the shop went, I can remember him saying, you two are, are really drunk. Um, and I was so ashamed. I remember even in that moment, I was like, I wanted to say, you know what, that's not me. I really very rarely do mm. that. I've been sober for ages. And I even remember just being in that pissed state, just thinking, I this is just awful. This is this is shameful. This is not who I am. This is not me and in alignment with myself anymore. And I woke up the next morning so with such darkness and such I was sweating, I was panicking, I was like proper, like all over the place. And it took me such a long time to get from London to my house because I couldn't get on the tube. I was having such panic bad panic attacks. So that was my that was four years ago. Um I've talked before on the podcast about how I listened to Tara Brack that day. Mm. And that was like a gift from the gods because I that was my first learning um, of self-compassion. Um, and I realised that in the midst of something, going to, listening to it and realising, like I was in such a lot of pain that day and I felt so unworthy. And she talks about the trance of unworthiness and suffering. And, like, I couldn't go, no, nah, things are all right. I'm not really suffering, doing all right. And smoke wash, or that's not even mm. smoke, <laughs> smoke, wash, screen. Or smoke screen all over it. It was like I was proper suffering that day. So it had that agency to it. Um, mm. And and it was, and I realized that I never really I ever sat with my suffering. I just was, I just shut it down. I had no emotional reach to myself when I was upset I just named it I'd be like oh I'm angry and then I'd wait for it to pass or go and do something I never ever offered myself any kindness or compassion and I did and it like just broke me open it was like that's it I just cried and cried and cried and then went that's it that's it there she is there I am and I'm done Mm. I won't I can't if I drink I disconnect and I can't find myself for a week I, I just can't even find myself. I've gone into hiding and I don't want her to go into hiding ever again, ever, 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 ever again. And it was like, I'm fucking done, you know? So that was that moment. I love that. Oh, I love yeah, I it. I want to cry because <laughs> I feel like I want to cry because it was like, it was so fucking painful. Mm. Um, but somehow, you know, through the tools that have, been shared with me on sober forums by the amazing sober sisterhood like and that you know those those things that are there for us so it just chanced upon the right time and I was able to tune in and um yeah so and then after that I mean after that I had the (laughs) the next few months of just kind of dealing with a bit of shit on sofa forums mm. on one um and then the slow just putting it just treading the path again mm. I think just treading the path again and building up those days and getting more confident and because you do I remember someone mentioned on sofa forum on one of our groups recently having drunk again and feeling like her spirit had taken a battering it really did feel like I'd been another round with Mike Tyson and I really had to sort of go slow and pick myself up after that and I think that's that bit as well that I so want to kind of 
say to people, do do as I say, not as I did, because <laughs> like that spirit battering is so shit, and there are and there, there are other ways to do it now. Mm. Or yeah. I think there are other ways now. Had I known about all the positive psychology and the positive recovery tools and the stuff that we we put together, like had I had us, I'd have. I I think it might have been different. I don't regret, but you know that was part of the learning. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned soberistas, so that was obviously you know the the resource that you used starting out but I know there was an, another element which really helped because I think that's something that people certainly for us it's like you know every time the journey progresses it's like you you are kind of deepening and, and learning and and, mm. and changing and not necessarily for everyone but definitely for well that's interesting I was going to say not necessarily for everyone but then I was going to say ah but those are the people that didn't drink again so like the people I was thinking in my head that I think you know, you they found something perhaps, that worked for them. Yeah, perhaps if if you know you you do, then you you need that kind of there's a, there's an, another element missing. There's something yeah, else, and it's nice. searching for that. Yeah, yeah, and um and so you did sexy sobriety, right? So that yeah. was the so that um, plugged me into the self care that brilliant program, and it was the first. It's Bexwellers, and we've we've had her on the pod. She's such a superstar, and it was just that first positive sober treats go on girl feel like we're having this we're all girls together and this is going to be a crack and um and also you know it was that aspirational kind of people someone who I could relate to outside of this world almost Mm. so it was like oh you look you know it is that like you look like me you talk like me you wear clothes like me you read the same magazines as me you know and you were you worked she didn't work in the media but she worked in promo and stuff like that but there was definitely that common thing and the other thing she did was um interview sober females from around the world like entrepreneurs so it was like that you know now we know about habit change and you know the great the many the few kind of elements so i'd i had the 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 many in terms of sober forums um and I had some of the few, um, but with that, it was like that's the great. They they are aspirational. They're role models. I want to be like you. You're part of a cool club, not part of a sad club. Mm. So it was that feeling of yes, okay, I'm I'm rocking this, which was very important to me. So there was all that. There was the stuff about people pleasing. There was a lot of resources. There was the three tribes. There was a bit of learning about having a sensitive, being a highly sensitive person which then led me on. It almost like act as a great signpost mm. to all the other resources that then I started studying. Um, and around that time, then I got very interested in the science of happiness because I was like, okay, this is, um, yeah, this is stuff I want to I wanna study. Um, and then I realized that we were, t- we were informally talking about all the components of the science of happiness on sober forums but it wasn't formalized at that point so that really helped and that helped me link or and my own spiritual practice because I have that back in my history that was broken um, mm. through sort of religious trauma as well but that I am a very sensory kind of spiritual person 
Yeah. I don't know what the right words are, but I high vibe a lot, basically. Hippie? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there is that, that side of, um, uh, of that. So I started a yoga, like I started, yoga is a big part of that as well, of that that daily practice of, of kind of, yeah, moving and, and the sensory. And, you know, and then all the autonomic nervous system, don't get me started on the polyvagal theory, but all of that, like, no, knowing, it's basically, it's been a gateway, the whole of, you know, being alcohol-free has been a gateway into learning what I need to live my life. Mm. I need to understand my autonomic nervous system and calm my fight-flight. I need a regular practice. I need group practice. Um, although I'm I'm an introvert, so I can't, I don't like socialising, but I need to be with people. Oh, okay, I can do a yoga class. I can do some musical theatre because I don't have to talk to you. I can just perform alongside you. Like, I don't know why that works for me, but it does. Um, you know, it's like, and the rest and stopping sprinting through the day, having some good tools for overwhelm, um it literally is like the gateway to it to give me the tools that I need to live my life yeah and I think that's what happens is that you know when you first stop it's like you're just trying to not do something but it's like to sustain it long time and actually (coughs) you know be content it's like you need to find what works for you you know and you need to sort of do that kind of find your toolkit I suppose so I mean the you've kind of answered but you know your biggest area of personal growth yeah that you've noticed I think I mean I think that there are a few things that I think that having that that I end up sounding a bit 12 steppy when I talk about some of this and it's funny because I couldn't I see a lot of wisdom in that now Mm. it wouldn't have worked for me because of the religious uh, uh, trauma I I can't go anywhere near it but however it has huge wisdom within it Um, but presence so that kind of attending to every day and being in every day and almost like um an acceptance of what is I like the mantra like I'm sober and the rest just is there's a, a definite like I have to work at this but I don't may, maybe necessarily have to push so hard all the time I can let life have its own process so that's been that's nice because then I go oh okay but all of these are like gifts yeah. <laughs> oh right okay I can relax because I'm not I'm not the one in like running the whole of the show for the whole of the world. You know, there is, there's that sort of what I can control, what I can't, and that allowing and accepting the world to have its own pace. Um, so there's that. There's the, the confidence to tell my truth. Mm-hmm. I still have to work at that because I still want to be liked and be shiny. Um, so there's that vulnerability hangover about, oh, okay, I'll have a vulnerability hangover over this. Um, so there's that, the speaking my truth. But what is beautiful about that is it means that other, like there is that three tribes thing. It means your tribe can see you mm. like properly and go, ah, oh, yes, I'm like her or, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can talk to her. And that is so the opposite of where I was hiding with a drink problem trying to fit in with the other mums and 
feeling so lonely like and so mm. confused because I was like why aren't I like you why am I the pink sheep and you're all the gray sheep or you know <laughs> I love that you're the pink sheep <laughs> I am darling with the Diamante, the Diamante sparkly collar. <laughs> I'd be like, why am I the black sheep? Black. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I think that, I mean, can I, I mean, look, if I just try and explain, because I think one of the things that I still have to check myself with and that I have been criticised for, so there may be work around this, is for because I'm a very positive, hopeful person that I can often just go, I can be, I can, I can come across lighter than maybe that. I don't know. Maybe that's not true, but anyway, I've got some of that going on. And so to sum up the kind of resilience and to tell the truth. So like, you know, when people kind of sometimes look on a website and they see you and they'll think, Oh, they look really well. And you must have some kind of secret and you know there's that there's that sort of thing that people can end up projecting and and making Mm. themselves feel bad about um so you don't you don't get the whole story do you so like say for example you click on our website you don't get the whole story I mean we have put a bit about our stories in there Mm. you don't get the whole warts and all thing so to in being raw authentic um and telling the story of a bit about the, the last four years is that we're not saying, or I'm not saying, right, okay, you get sober and then your life is perfect and you're just going to have some kind of charmed existence skipping through life full of unicorns and rainbows and pink clouds. It, what it does is it allows you to cope better than you could and sometimes life is sometimes life is really shit, as we know. So it's not like... The, the magic wand that makes life perfect but it is like a freaking superpower and helps to will help you to be resilient so um in the first year so you know and like and I did and I'm a bit like this I go on I do a blog and go oh and this 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 and this and I'd I'd forget to talk about all the crap that was happening you know, so it was always aspirational, but I was never really sharing it. I was never really maybe getting the help that I needed because I actually had quite a lot of shit going on. I was too busy being all positive because I didn't want to upset other people or something like that. So so after this, um, you know, my my four my year back there, the uh, the day one, um it was been a real I think and life is like this it's like working with strengths and shadows it's something that's come up this week of that's what life is isn't it it's like that light and shade and for me to work with my shadows and to name them and to be all right with them is like big work for me so that first year we had massive financial problems um so what people would have seen is I don't know, maybe starting up the podcast and writing blogs, funky pictures. What was going behind on behind the scenes was massive financial problems. We weren't um, earning enough money. And me and my husband were massively stressed. Um, and my, I got, uh, my, oh, my husband um, hit burnout in his job and we both went on antidepressants. <laughs> 
can look on the website, it all looks really nice. <laughs> me out in Brighton going, yeah, I'm binning the booze. <laughs> right. Um, year two, I posted quite a lot about like being in Priscilla Queen of the Desert. And like, and the, and the thing is, I genuinely do like, there is all of that going on as well. But behind the scenes, my sister-in-law died. Um, the whole family went into complete trauma and grief. And I was so traumatised at the funeral, I bet I couldn't walk. I literally shut down. And then I didn't have a period for three months. I thought I was having menopause. But I understand now that that was a trauma response to grief. Um, So that carried on. That was a very, very difficult time. Um, In year three, my husband was made redundant. Um, We were still coping with... I was very worried for my husband because his mum died when he was 13. And so there was the double whammy, he'd lost his sister. So he lost all of his closest female kin by that point. And so there was a massive, there was a lot of caretaking for other people. Like, so basically I had my family in, in crisis. Um, so that was really, really hard. Um, my son got expelled from school. We hadn't got, uh, we d- hadn't realised he was neurodiverse. It was just that he went to secondary school and then suddenly all the wheels fell off the wagon. Um uh, so that was that uh, loads and loads of shame going through to school meetings where they just looked at me like I was some kind of horrendous parent. like you know what on earth because everyone assumes it's the parents fault and um, we've spent the last year um battling cams uh basically advocating for him and getting somewhere hopefully now we're getting some support we still haven't got all the way through cams but we oh and in the middle of my husband being redundant we had to spend two grand on a psychiatrist in London to get a diagnosis because the waiting list was two years for cams so we were really skint and we had to still pay out that it's like it's don't even get me started on the positive side we got a book deal we did our pod I trained as a coach. I trained, I decided that I was going to meet, and my husband is amazing and he supported me even though he was falling apart and we had no money. He was like, you just have to do this. You've got to do it. We'll put it on a credit card. So we put my coach training on a credit card, which then opened the doors to so much else and um, met you. Um and I think all of those things, like meeting you, doing the podcast, being able to speak my truth, helped me, has enabled me to get through all of that shit that's been mm. happening. Um, but the thing that allows all of that... I mean, quite a, the thing that allows every single fucking shitty bit of that to be all right is the fact that I'm sober, right? Mm. That is it. That's the cornerstone. That is the lifeline. That is the cornerstone. And that gives me everything else. So, you know, and every bit of joy that's come from that as well as come from the presence of being here and, and feeling proud of myself and knowing you and being able to sort out stuff. So, yeah, that's it, really. Um, and I wanted to talk about that today because I don't often say it. So it was hooray for the four years, but it's yeah, cool. wow. yeah. And I and I, I mean, you know, we always 
talk about how fortunate we are to have each other because we are that yin and yang, you know, and we joke about it. That I will say black sheep and you'll say pink sheep, yeah. you know, and and there and you know and and there is that kind of like it's really great for you to recognize you know the 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 suffering and and recognize what's what's been happening but you are that incredible sparkly shiny person and that's your you know that's your that is your superpower too you know so and it's like that's been tried you know we know that that that's that was tried to be crushed or suppressed in you you know so and I and I love that that sobriety you know you've been such a power force for this movement in terms of 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 showing that side and saying look you know it doesn't have to be the end of the world like mm. it can be this amazing fun adventure and and full of glitter and joy and and that's what draws people to us in a lot of ways you know is that that it's aspirational and that it's like that you know you can you can do things and you can dream and you can have whatever you want you know and that's why you're an amazing coach and I and that's what I really value about you you know that it's like it doesn't always have to be so hard you know and you can surface dwell and you don't have to constantly be in motion of doing you know deep dark the the past you know what about looking at now and 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 recognizing that kind of the beauty of now yeah um you know but I I'm I'm really proud of you and really you know pleased that you you did do that exercise today and just sort of just to recognize that um and I think that's because we are perfectly imperfect and it's so true it's like people be like oh but you've I yeah but you know look at you you know you've got this 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 going on like uh you know it's it's you I can't do what you can do mm. and it's like well actually if you scrape under the surface we can do hard things like and yeah. you know having walked pretty much the last four years with you I mean yeah, yeah. through three three and a half three and a half yeah, yeah. three and two thirds yeah which is amazing (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah but I mean yeah I mean I it has been incredibly challenging time yeah Yeah. and and I think it is that thing of like you know when you like when you were talking it was like sobriety is survival that's what it is it is it it, it is survival and and like you said I love what you said about the, the sparkly because it means that it only enhances that. And I do genuinely feel joyful most of the time. <laughs> Despite all that shit, you know, like, because those are the big, those are the big sort of history, like, you know, the Norman Conquest and then this, this and this. So those are my, that's my brief history of the last four years of all the big kind of battles and the shit that's gone on. And day to day, though, and that's how it is, isn't it? Day to day, we have a laugh. I've come mm. out to France and at Café Gourmand. I didn't mention COVID. <laughs> there was also a global pandemic, but that happened to everyone. So it was just about me. Um, so, yeah, and there have been 
you know, and then you have your lot, you have a lot of laughs, and then great and brilliant things happen all at the same time. And I just think, yeah, it's like life is such a freaking roller coaster. And but yeah, so at its core, it's survival, and at its lighter, shiniest, it's presence to just be in the miracle and the fun of it all. Really, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing because it is it's, it is both those things, you know, it's that um being able to you know walk through the darkness into the light and being able to and you know and that that mindfulness of kind of of being in your life is that sort of like having the ability to cope you know in the because life is impactful but at the same time yeah it's like you can't have one without the other you know and it's like if you're numbing out the dark then you're numbing out the light too and so yeah there is that kind of when you you get sober it's like okay like I've got all the sharp edges I've got all the sparkle too you know and it's like when you can sit and watch a sunrise or you can have that lush meal you can laugh with your friends or you know like I, I always remember the the day where we didn't get the book deal, but when we went to that cafe next to the place where we thought we might get a book deal before we got uh, disappointed and it was all full of sparkly lights and they had really great sort of sixties music on. And we just had like the, the most fun time. I think I've got a video of it actually. Um, you know, those memories of things of our sober journey, you know, are absolutely priceless and in hd and we'll never forget because we weren't we were fully present which is great and that's such sort of amazing muscle power isn't it for long term because you're like wow like i really really remember that you know it's not some false memory attached to some idea about no. something predicated by an addictive substance you yeah. Know? yeah it's so true and I remember going to um Glyndebourne last year as well and I've and just feeling like I remember when when Tammy Salas says I am a sober dignified woman and I was dressed up and had cakes like amazing cakes from Waitrose and a bottle of AF Fizz. I'm going to see Cinderella at Glyndebourne, you know, that was directed by Killing Eve, so it was proper funky as well as being a classic. It was like, okay, this is quite really quite cool. And then sitting by the lake with my my lovely husband, who, I don't know, just is my rock, you know, Um, and has had such a hard time as well, and we just have these moments together, you know. And he celebrated yeah. me, he doesn't, you know, and he's always like a cider, but he didn't drink. He just celebrated it with me. Um, and that I loved that. Yeah, the memory of all those those fairy lights and, yeah, just, I don't know. And I think the other thing, the, the, the thing, another gift that sobriety gives me is that I just, I have a peace through it all. I have a peace because I stay with myself. Mm. And... I know that I'm doing my best to be with myself. So I don't, yeah. And that feels very solid to me and very something, you know, it's that inner compass, it's that true north, it's that 
okay, I will, I know I can come back to myself. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's very, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. But that is, yeah, I mean, it's the anchor, isn't it? Well, I guess it's that, it's the pride, isn't it, I suppose, in, 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 in regard, it's like, in, in of the opposite of the shame it's like you know when you when you are consistently you know doing something that that you know is big and important and you know you have that kind of connection to sobriety it carries you through I guess so that is that kind of connection of like whatever else is going on at least I didn't drink yeah, yeah. you know it's a fundamental cornerstone of kind of of compassion or self-love it's like whatever else I did wrong today yeah I didn't I didn't drink so yeah there's always that element of kind of like pride I suppose yeah Yeah. and it's your bottom lines isn't it it's like that that is the thing and it's and I think that that I was going to say something I forgot I was going to say that um meeting that and I think you know again it's understanding that you know, that one day at a time thing is not because it's so hard that we've just got to, you know, some days are so hard, you're just like, oh, I've just got to get through it. But it's not that. It's just that, um, yeah, that that being, I can't really know, it's gone. <laughs> I'm doing that so much lately, aren't I? Um, don't worry. I mean, like, right. uh, my, do- my daughter yesterday was like, and literally stop talking mid-sentence, mum. I was like, did I? She was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, and so it's going <laughs> to stop talking. Gonna, are you going to finish that sentence? Nope, just leave it halfway through. So that's fine. And so we got, we're got we thinking about a lot. Of yeah, I mean, so obviously, so self-care practices yeah. are key for you. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've talked about them before but what do you think are your kind of key what keeps you for your emotional and physical well-being what are your key self-care practices yeah okay yoga um and again that's uh yoga and lying down on the floor to soothe my nervous system and I didn't know that was a thing until I started doing the lying down (laughs) I can't get enough lying down it's on the floor it's not on the bed um but that is a, a bigger conversation with myself about pace and time and, and taking breaks throughout the day because I was a sprint and crash. So my self-care was, I, you know, very much attending to the pace of my day and overwhelmed to avoid being triggered. Um, so uh, a morning routine now, I'll get up and I'll do meditation. Um and I love that. And that's really good. That's been a gift of lockdown because I never did it before. Um, yeah. And now I, I really love it. I realize, you know, to get that space before anyone else gets up, even if I do. And I have to thank um, Rachel Welford, really, for the way into meditation, Welford Wellbeing, because it was her very down to earth um, approach to it. Um, that made it seem like I could do it. So it's Rachel Welford and also Bryony from Be Yoga with that beauty, the the trauma informed, the amazing yoga practice that that has now become really part of my life. Um, so yeah, so yoga, a bit of meditation, sober treats, um, my bath, 
bath and bath salts and bubble baths um netflix and well it's at the moment i'm watching this is us so i i i think it's important to put that in there because it is in my toolkit because i do i am a very overthinky person and if i don't find a way to shut the brain down that will that will be an undoing for me i mean you know that that will cause me suffering if i don't and i don't always because i've got kids and my husband you know it's busy busy i don't always it's not convenient for me just to drop everything and go for a run or go to a yoga class or suddenly be all zen and it's like sometimes all i can do is just watch that 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 box set that is going to literally give me the numb Mm. Um, and I don't overdo it as well I don't then rinse it till midnight I usually watch one that that does it and I definitely notice that shut off and that so that's really useful for me um and it's not something that you know and I think people kind of go oh you know and, and then sometimes I think even like getting on your phone and doing a bit of the scrolling can can be doing that as well and I think that gets a bit of a bad rap and we should all be doing these very per- pure mm. things. But actually, sometimes we just need to to stop it, to make it all go quiet for a bit. So that's what I go to if I can't get to yoga or if I'm, you know, not if I haven't got other stuff to go to. I like that. It's a lie down. Yeah. Um, what else? Hot chocolate. It's really like that was because of that that was a big thing about the uh, sugar monster in the early days that carried on really that I do have a bit of that sugar thing going on in the evenings so a hot uh, Cadbury's options sorted me out um what else you know about my self-care I don't know if I said enough yeah I think so yeah I mean that's what's name things as well like I go if I'm because I was not good at the changing of the hats and the overwhelm and not really um, seeing all the things I did. That's another really important bit. So when I'm emptying the dishwasher, I suppose that's mindfulness, right? Mm, yeah. I go, I'm, I'm emptying the dishwasher. I'm doing a podcast. That means I can't be out in the garden doing childcare. Mm. You know, yeah. That, concentrating that on mom, one thing at a time. Yeah. Mum self-care, mum mindfulness that I do. Yeah. That's enough. So what uh, plans and projects do you have coming up in the future, Kate Bailey? Did we mention that we've got a book out in September? You can pre-order it on Amazon and it's called Love Yourself Sober and I'm so proud of us. But it's like everything that we've worked on, studied, lived, talked about, put into that book. It's like our proper book baby, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I am like, well, I'm a bit like, thank fuck for that. I got it out. Sorry if you have a sensitivity to swearing. I do need to watch that. Um, so, so yeah, but we've got courses coming up on the website, six week course that will be coming out. Um, Becoming Sober, which again is that whole the toolkit, the mindset shift, the habit, it's like trying to crystallize everything that's helped us. Mm. But through a very female, like we we are, you know, mum's care is female experience and really making that a core, a foundation of that so that there is proper gender 
specific gender appropriate conversations going on and it's real and it's attainable and it's realistic and it speaks to busy busy people busy mums so that's like I think those are love sober life school that's coming on later maybe we should talk about that later um and what else we are what else what's your big dream for the future Oh the, oh, the other thing is that my son starts a new school, so all of the work that we've been doing with Cam's getting an EHCP, he's now starting a, a brilliant school in September, and we're really hoping that that goes well for him. So we're not, I'm not in, totally in control of that, but finally we look like we're getting the right support for his neurodiversity, and we are looking at the right school that will also uh, be appropriate for his academic for his intelligence because he's super clever so we think we might be getting there um so big dreams for the future well i really want to do masters in positive psychology and coaching um but can't afford it at the moment (laughs) that's 10 grand Um, i really want to do that but i think i might want to shelve that for a bit just have just focus on focus on what we're doing and not feel like I've got to like yeah work out my brain so that that is glimmering in the future I will at some point do a master's in positive psychology and coaching but not this year um go to the institute of happiness at Copenhagen uh go to she recovers next May would love to speak there at some point <laughs> that out there <laughs> Maybe not next year. Maybe just listen next year. Maybe a bit of big girl pants on at some point in the future. We might. Um, what else? Yeah, the science of happiness. I'd like to go and meet um, the the lecturers from the science of happiness um, in Berkeley, California. We want we want a Moroccan retreat, don't we? As well, a Moroccan yoga retreat. Yeah, I'm torn between because you know when you find work that you love, right? So I am really torn between I just want to do this and I want to really do this and boss it. And I'm like, whoa, I've got fire in my belly. And the other part of me is I just want to relax, have fun, enjoy the fruits and hang out with the kids and go on lots of holidays and do all that. So it's a bit of both of that, really. Fair enough. Yeah. We, we, will, we will have it all. We will. When you get, your, <laughs> when you get a castle in France and I'm moving next door yeah and we go to life drawing classes yeah in paris oh yeah that's it i want to meet up in paris i want to see rose and dufflin in paris um yeah what's your tip of the day and your reason to love sober oh my tip of the day at the moment because it is summer and i'm doing this little course on embracing the energy of the season. (laughs) what was that you said about me being a hippie (laughs) but it was quite good it's about that like thinking about spring being a good time to kind of clear out and declutter and all of that natural stuff we get kind of those that energy and then summer because it's like that really outdoors kind of thing it's really light there can be that tendency to still be on full pelt and this course is called the Summer Slowdown, which is basically about like just almost 
letting, like going to find the bits of shade. It's about pace again. It's about mm. not feeling like you've got to force it, force it, because a lot of things coming to fruition. A lot of things, you know, we've got the expectations of the kids on holiday and stuff like that. So it's kind of, yeah. Um, so I maybe have a little nod to how, what your expectations are over the summer and how you can slow down and pace. And she, oh, I know another thing. You know that thing, because if you're in the winter, she said something about, like, I moan all winter because I'm cold and then in the summer I moan because I'm hot. Mm. And if you just go with it and have this, like, this is an opportunity to get let the heat really seep all the way into your bones at the moment. Soak up as much as you can, rest as much as you possibly can too. Then that will give you energy to go forward. And I quite like that idea. So. Yeah, that would have been good for me yesterday. So clearly too hot and clearly really angry and <laughs> um, what's your reason to love Zoba? all of this all of the things all of the all things of, yeah all of the things all of the the journey the journey uh and like feeling like I've got my life back and that I'm in my life oh nice Oh, well done, dude. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I didn't realise I was going to cry. <laughs> oh, yes, I made you cry. I don't oh. know what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've spoken for about three hours. Are we well over time? Just an hour. Oh, that's, that's fine. Right, then. Yeah. That's all right. All right, guys. Well, yeah, <sighs> take care of yourselves and we'll be back next week. Um, yeah, if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, then go and see your GP or reach out to us or to a forum. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye. Thanks, dude.